what gives meaning to your life? Mm. And this is really where, uh, so from somebody who never wanted to have children, um, you know, there are a lot of people who say that their meaning from life comes from knowing that they're raising another generation and giving something and legacy and all of that, which I commend. For me, I never wanted to have children. So my legacy is professional. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm super excited to bring this interview with Arielle Williams to you. You heard her bio. It's absolutely amazing. And I'm super excited to dig into all of the amazing conversation we're going to have about success and growth and energy and all of the wonderful things we're going to discuss today. So Arielle, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Amber, I'm thrilled to be here, and I love that this is live. Yeah, it certainly takes away any um, perception that podcasting is perfect. I feel like the end result that people see is obviously much different than what happens behind the scenes. Yes. Which is life, right? For sure, for sure. I love that. So. Yes. So let's get to know you just a little bit. I'm super excited to dig into this. Um, I like to go back a little bit because um, I think that there's sometimes a disconnect for people who think, man, I can't possibly be good at X, Y, or Z because I wasn't born to do it. And so I love to go back a little bit and find out what you thought your life was going to look like when you were um, planning your life, maybe um, college or, or high school age, and you had it all figured out, what did you think your life was going to be like? Well, I did not have it all figured out, Amber. <laughs> um, I, I come, I live in, in the United States, and I come from the Midwest, and I'm of, a, of the generation right before women's liberation and my father would not let my mother work he would not let my mother drive wow and, and so i really had and i was the firstborn and my my father worked in construction and my brothers worked in construction and they were at that time were making really good money much more than i would make you know in the workforce and i just felt that was so unfair and that my father, my family never really supported education. It, you know, like going past high school, it, that's not how my family did it, you know. So it was always a challenge. I never, I remember being in high school and struggling with what, what can I do, you know. And 
guidance counselors, there weren't the tests that there are today to help people figure out what their strong points are. So, so it was a real challenge and it took me forever to, to really align with my path. I mean, decades, decades. I love that. And I love it because, you know, I, when I started going to law school or when I, even now, when I meet people who know that I'm an attorney, one of the first questions I always get asked is, did you always know that you want to be an attorney? And I love talking to people because realistically, how many of us always knew that we wanted to do what we're doing now, right? Like very few of us Yet I feel like so many people have this misguided perception that you have to be born to do something to be good at it. Right, right. And what's happening now, Amber, is people are changing their careers so many times. It's like, you know, before my generation and my generation, people kept a job for their entire working career. And now people are so fluid. And that's because I think it's because we keep evolving and we keep experiencing new facets of ourselves and new talents that we can, we can develop. Yeah. I love that. And I think that each and every experience that we have in profession that we have adds to that toolbox that we have to be able to give to the world. Right. For you, when did this, um, I don't want to call it an obsession. I feel like that, but I say obsession in a good way um, with all things like fifth dimension come into yes. play. Yes. When, well, when did that become a, a thing on your radar? It, it became a, a theme in the sixties in the 1960s. There was this song, the age of Aquarius by the fifth dimension. I mean, you cannot make this up. The group, the group was called the fifth dimension and they sang this song, the age of Aquarius. It was from the play hair. Mm. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that song. You can find it on YouTube. It's very rousing. And it talks about um, the new age, you know, the new age that we're in. And this was in the sixties and I'm a, you know, flower power and, and, you know, hippies, that, that's me, still me, that was me then too. And so the seed was planted that a better day was coming. That, that was in the 60s with that song, really imprinted in me. And then, you know, the 70s, I, I, I got jobs and, you know, made my way through life, found spirituality, left religion and found spirituality and just was on a path. And in the 80s, the harmonic convergence happened. And this was August 16th and 17th, 1987, before the internet. And this guy, Jose Argulis, who was a master of the Mayan calendar, gathered a worldwide community, again, before the internet. And we had this harmonic convergence. You can look it up in historical archives, people around the world celebrated this new age. It was like the seed that we were opening. We were planting the seed for this new age. And so from 1987, then comes 19, the 1990s, there were some markers like 1995, 2000, 2002, 2012. There's all these markers that come into 
the both the age of Aquarius and the fifth dimension. It's two things that are happen simultaneously. So so the seed planted in in the sixties, I tracked it ever since and I just I see it everywhere now. Yeah, to me, it's really interesting because I was not around in the 60s right. yet. I, so when I was born, I'm an 80s baby. And when I was born and growing up, our generation was very grounded, right? Um, the idea of astrology was mocked more than it was accepted as an actual uh, something that could be relied on for any purpose other than the horoscopes that you played around with from the the newspaper, right? Um, and then now what I love is going to entrepreneurial conferences and business conferences and hearing people talk about these fifth dimensions that back in the 60s, you're talking about being just this commonplace conversation and belief. And right. now we're coming back to that, which I think is incredibly powerful to take the grounded business mindset and then add into it this idea of a higher level of consciousness and quantum physics and these quantum shifts that we so much now know affect our success and have it as a whole package, which is incredible. Absolutely. And that's, I think that was the grand design that we keep evolving it. And every generation we get closer to fully living it. Like the, certainly your generation brings so much solidity and stability. And like you say, groundedness, and it keeps, we keep getting closer and closer to it so that the babies that are born now, they are so filled with light. They are so, so different than babies born when I was born you know it's just we keep it, there's a generational progression of this so in your experiences that generational progression I remember seeing a um graphic and I wish that I could track it down again but I remember seeing a graphic that talked about the generational cycles and how um it, there's three major generational beliefs and thought processes that cycle around from your um, like growth mindset, your survival mindset. Um, and then there's one other that I can't remember right now. But the idea is that we have some sort of a tragedy in society, which causes people to adopt a certain mindset, which gets passed on to the next generation. That generation works to overcome that mindset. And that idea of growth gets passed on to the next generation. So I'm curious to know, and, and then it cycles around. I'm curious to know in this idea of the fifth dimension and quantum beliefs, do you see that to be a generational cycle where it's believed and then it's not believed and it's this tug of war? Or are you seeing just a straight progression of belief adding on to all of the other qualities that the next generation has to offer? Amber, I suspect that it's both. Uh, you know, we, you know, there is trauma, there, there's ancestral trauma, there's generational trauma, it's passed along and we have to the process you describe is is very real and we have to go through it however i also see a progression and i i wrote a book 
about 5D and there's a chapter in the book about the generational progress to 5D. And I'll just look at my notes. Um, we had the baby boomers and then we had Gen X and, and um, Gen X brought work-life balance, you know, in, in our, in, in our, the baby boomer generation, we, we let the man tell us what to do, basically. We followed orders. And, and the Gen X generation, they pushed back and said, we need work-life life balance. And then Gen Y, that's when the harmonic, that's you and the, the harmonic convergence. And millennials have a direct experience of self-worth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're not going to take stuff that's not appropriate. You're just not. You teach us all how to do that, you know. And one of the hallmarks of 5D is that we live our sovereignty. And your generation helps us to do that. And then from, from your generation, the millennials, we have the Gen Z people who were born between 1997 and 2012. And that what, what they bring is to go, is to live diversity. They do not know separation. They, they have this experience of oneness and they have worldwide friends. They, you know, they're, they work remotely. They're, they're into um, virtual reality. You know, it's, it's like a whole new level of consciousness with them. And then the last generation, the current generation is Generation A, and they were born between 2012 and between 2024. And they, they, they just bring an experience of living the infinite into us. So, so it's both. We have to work through these traumas that have been passed along and hopefully we don't pass them along to the next generation. We work through them, but it's also a progression. It's a yeah, I, I love that. And I'm super excited to see what ends up happening in the future generations because of the fact that the willingness to talk about this, the um, social acceptance of therapy treatment, the willingness to talk about mental health issues is something that the last 10 to 15 years of, I would say maybe 10 years, have accepted on a level that I've never seen before in, in my lifetime. And um, what that's going to do, we know so much through the way the mind works and the way that generational beliefs are passed on from one to the other, that so much of it is unresolved trauma. And I'm really interested to see how a generation that is willing to deal with the trauma that they have, what type of amazing positive traits they get to pass on to the next generation and how that ends up um, affecting our society as a whole. Yes, well, I, I see that it's that we'll be living in the fifth dimension where everybody is included and there's this harmony and people are living their power. But what, what you say, what you said about mental health being the challenges of mental health being accepted now brings me to the awareness that we're living, we have a new relationship with earth. You know, through this shift, we've, we've come to realize that man cannot be dominant over nature. 
and that mental health involves an integration of earth, nature, setting the work-life boundaries, taking care of the self, infusing our lives with beauty and, and times of stillness, being in nature. I mean, that's all part of mental health. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. So I want to ask you, because this conversation that you and I are having is a conversation that I'm able to have because of years of work on my mindset and willingness to have an open mind of things that I cannot see or understand. And I can put myself back into the mindset of who I was in 2016, a very type A I can control all things in my life. Um, I'm going to push through anything that I can't control, which means I can control it by definition, and everything's going to get out of my way. I was very bulldozerish. Um, I, similar to you, had separated myself from religion. However, at that point in time, I had not found spirituality. So I was unguided for lack of a better word. And if I would have heard this conversation, I would have thought you were out of your damn mind. So for the person <laughs> who is listening to this, that is where I was, that like wants some sort of tangible, logical reason to believe that this is a thing. How do we start to open their minds? Well, my perspective on it, Amber, is what I talk about in the book. The perp There's a ton of information about 5D for people like you and me. For people who don't know anything about it, there's not a lot. So I was inspired to write this book. And in the book, I connect the dots to, to 5D. And, and so I will start with those. As, as why somebody who is not believing or who feels this is garbage might want to consider another perspective or might want to take a pause and, and take a look. And so Absolutely. And before you do that, I just want to say that the book she's referring to is her book, The 5D Ordinary Descriptions of an Extraordinary Shift. And the link for that will be in the show notes if you want to grab that. Thank you, Amber. So, so in this, going back to the 60s, before the, the beginning of the 60s or the middle of the 60s, men were not in the delivery room. They had nothing to do with taking care of their babies. And so in the 60s, men became empowered. They, they, they assisted in the delivery. They sometimes caught the baby. They helped parents, you know, they changed diapers, they fed bottles, they played, they disciplined their children. That started in the 60s, and we go from 60s to now, where we have the gender fluidity that trans people have roles in TV shows. I mean, they 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 have been accepted in mainstream. So we, we had this strict divide between masculine and feminine, and now we have this fluid integration where we're like I'm, I'm not sure if it changed or if it's changing or if they're discussing it, but you might not have to put your gender on a birth certificate or a passport. You you probably know about that from the law. There's there's just this shift and this integration, you know. So so that's one of the dots. The other dot is power to the people, 
And I'm not sure what kind of law you practice, but I bet you're seeing a lot of grassroots movements, power to the people. We, that started, I'm sure it started way before then, but one of the big markers was Occupy Wall Street in 1999, 2000. And many people feel that wasn't a successful movement, but it planted so many seeds. Black Lives Matter comes from that. The Me Too movement comes from that. There's so much that has shifted because that happened. People, the hierarchy is dissolving and people are, people are bonding together and power to the people is the best way that I can, I can say it. And that includes racial justice. I mean, we are appalled that this injustice continues where people lose their lives for nothing because of racial inequality. It's, it's just, it, it can't continue, you know? And so then there's the, all of the hidden truths that are being revealed. I mean, we see that in the news today, that there's truths coming out that we didn't know before. The Me Too movement was a big part of that, where this, I forget her name, my, Melissa, I forget her name, but she she went, she spoke out. She said, this happened to me. And overnight, within 24 hours, there's a blast of all these tweets. Me too, you know? So, so, so that's the <coughs> second dot where people are, are claiming their power. They're speaking truth to power. Hierarchy is dissolving. And then, then other ways are, are people you know, the great resignation happened. People from the from the lockdown, people are accepting their own, that they have to have meaning in their life and that they can't be dictated by something that holds no meaning for them. That, you know, like the male-female integration, there's a soul spirit, there's a, a body spirit integration too. We have to have meaning in life. Just like you said, the mental health. So, so that's coming. People are claiming their sovereignty. And, and that, I don't want to get too far off track, but the fact that the queen died, that archetype died for a lot of people, where we're accepting our own crowns, you know, where we're the king and queen of our own life. And so, so that's it. And then the, the other connect the dot is how we are claiming our partnership with the earth you know we're and the industrial revolution industrial revolution stamped on us that man dominates nature and that's not true that's just it's not sustainable we see that what happened in florida it is so not sustainable we have to partner with nature we have to look to nature for the cycles, for the rhythms, for how she works, and then connect, well, that's how we work too, you know, and so we work together. And part of that, that last dot is that if you look online on social media, you'll see a lot of posts about animal species who never cooperated before are cooperating <laughs> now, and that's happening. You know, we are, we are coming together. It doesn't feel like it a lot of the time, but we are actually coming together as a one humanity. So anybody who 
who is curious can look at all of the changes in their lives and take it up a step and see how, oh, these changes are connected. Yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting is for so long I lived in this world and and part of me still does, lived in this lives in this world where my spiritual connection is completely separate from my business success and personal life. And I've done enough work to know that that's not true, but I haven't done enough work to change it if that makes any sense at all like that awareness that I I know it's out there I know it matters I know that it's important yet I still have habits that would say differently if anybody was judging me by my actions what I'm curious is for the person who says, you know, I know this matters. Like, I know that there's something else out there. I don't know what it is. I know that there's a reason that I should care about spirituality and be connected to something, but I just want to focus on my life. And I just, I just want to have a successful career and have a successful life. So why should I, why should I, why should I focus on that? What do you think is, is that connection between those things for somebody who doesn't think they need to care about it? Well, I would like to hear more about how you feel the separation. If for me, I think that, well, I'll just tell you a little bit of, of my story and then we'll, we'll go from Please. there. I don't want to yeah. say too much because I don't want to take away from you. But, um, you know, I grew up in a very um, strict religious community. Um, I grew up very, uh, I grew up LDS. So there's a lot that goes on into that religion. And um, through some things that happened in my life, I eventually completely separated myself from that religion and had not yet replaced it with anything. So I separated myself from the religion in 2001 and didn't replace it with anything until 2016. So for 15 years, I just sat there kind of separated from all connection to a higher power. Um, when I had my mental breakdown, my anxiety attacks and panic attacks that no doubt came from not having a connection to something bigger than myself, um, I found NLP and I started studying that and the mindset. And I got very lucky because, first of all, in order to embrace NLP, you have to be willing to embrace something that you don't understand and can't see because of the way that the human mind forms. Like you can't do some surgery to say, okay, this is how your limiting beliefs are formed and this is how your next thought comes, right? Like it, right. it's all psychological belief. Um, but when I did my trainings, I was lucky enough to train with a wife pairing that the NLP trainer wife was very like me, very former military, although I'm not, she was former military, very type A, bulldozer style and her wife talks to trees and is like very energy she's an energy worker and so I was that's the first time that I was really um that I was really introduced 
to this idea of a spiritual connection rather than a religious one, and then an earthly connection rather than a spiritual one. And that's still something that I'm struggling to maintain in my daily practices. Um, I don't meditate well. I don't like to slow down. I'm very busy. I keep myself busy. And I know there are a lot of people who listen to the podcast that are like that. So when, you know, we're talking about that connection, that's kind of what I was referring to. Yes, that's fabulous. Thank you so much for sharing. And this is a conversation. So we have to hear some of your story in order to. Of course. Yeah, exactly. So, but, so I have a follow-up question. What gives meaning to your life? Mm. And this is really where, ah, so from somebody who never wanted to have children, um, you know, there are a lot of people who say that their meaning from life comes from knowing that they're raising another generation and giving something and legacy and all of that, which I commend. For me, I never wanted to have children. So my legacy is professional. My legacy is the impact that I can make on the people around me who are not my family. And, and the impact I can make on my family here, but I may not have um, that legacy that's family related. So um, for me, it's giving enough to the world that I can leave that legacy. But the second part of that is, you know, when I said there's stuff happened that it was in between um, leaving the religion or causing me to leave the religion, um, a lot of that was loss. You know, I started suffering from my, my first experience with suicide was when I was eight, my cousin committed suicide. I lost an uncle to suicide when I was 16. I lost my dad in a car accident when I was 17. Um, I went to 10 funerals between the ages of eight and 17. Um, and I just stopped believing that people stuck around, but I also needed to know that there was a world in which these people weren't actually gone. And that was where my willingness to hold on to any type of a spiritual connection came from. And that's kind of what guides me in everything I do is this connection and belief that those people are still watching and involved and, and, aware of what I'm doing and my connection with them believe makes me believe that if I give enough to this world, I'll have connections with others as well. Uh, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. And thank you for sharing that. So honestly, I, those questions were important to me to understand it. What I hear in your, what gives you meaning in life is love. That's what gives you meaning. And it's, it's, it's a, an expanded love beyond an, an intimate circle or an, or an immediate circle. It's, it's, it's a global cosmic love. And so I, I break things down. What, I, what I'm hearing in your question, my response is the elements, you know, fire, air, water, and earth. And we are all, we, we're a combination of all of them, but we have some more than others. And so... What I, I feel that, that you're coming from a lot of fire energy, a lot of passion, 
And that's what's motivating you. And it doesn't necessarily have to be with a prayer book or any kind of devotional service. It's more from the heart. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I love where this conversation is going, although it was nothing that I intended. I loved it or I love it because I know there are so many people out there that are very similar to me that have had a negative experience with, or have grown up in some way, believing that religion and spirituality are the same and then have separated themselves from their religion and failed to find a spirituality and then are struggling to connect to others. Um, and so you're, you're spot on when it comes to this like cosmic love. Um, I've always had this unexplainable connection to all things outer space. My dad and I connected over the stars. I have a tattoo of the Northern Lights on my um, arm in memory of him. The stars bring me comfort. When I'm struggling, I'll go outside, get in my car and just drive to a place outside of the city where I can see nothing but the beauty of, of the stars above me. And that, that feeling that I feel is love that I haven't um, been able to identify before. And what's really interesting is that if in this 32 minute conversation we've had so far, you can make me realize that I mean, it's amazing what you could do with time and confidentiality. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So for um, the book itself, you said that the motivation to write the book was basically me. The person um, who doesn't necessarily understand why the fifth dimension is important. What has the aftermath been of writing this book for you? Because what's interesting when I talk to authors is I find that um, so many of them have experiences of their book connecting with people that they maybe didn't expect for them to connect with. Have you had that experience where you've connected with somebody that was different than your, your ideal audience when you wrote the book? And how did that work out for you? Well, it, I have not had that experience, um, Amber. It has been a really hard sell. I'm, I'm having my most success through podcast conversations because many of you who are podcasters are very curious and very interested and want to know. But, it, you know, I'm one person and promoting the book is a lot. You know, I have this high hopes that... There wasn't a lot of books. There aren't a lot of books about uh, 5D on Amazon. And I said, I thought I'd get a good spot. Well, you have to have a following <laughs> to get a good spot. So so I'm working kind of like from that perspective of, of inviting one reader at a time. And I'm so glad I found you to help me spread the word. But I, I will tell you the experience I did not expect after I wrote the book and that is I had an, the awareness that there are five pillars of access to 5D. Now this came after I published the book and I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm promoting it, I'm talking about it, and I see in order to help people understand it, I can add this other information. And so the five pillars for access to 5D as I feel them and have seen them are unconditional love, living by intuition, a new relationship with time, letting go, and living sovereignly. 
So these are all major pieces of work that we have to do within our being, but they, but they bring us all to this experience of 5D. Um, I think that's super interesting. And I think that um, it, it doesn't surprise me that your successes come from podcasting because you're right. We are curious as a um, type of person. I've never met a successful podcaster that doesn't love having conversations about things that they either agree with or don't agree with. Um, but you have a way of explaining it that allows you to kind of start to break through walls of the highly analytical person that's maybe got some walls up in regards to this type of a situation. So I think that that's really amazing as well. And I wish you the best of success and continued podcasting with that. I can't wait to see where you are with this book and getting the word out um, as time goes on. And this is um, really interesting to me as far as our success conversation, because you've said a couple of things in this podcast regarding the idea of planting seeds and, you know, the um, Occupy Wall Street movement, believing it wasn't successful. And then now we see that as a success in certain circles and elements because of what we're getting now. And then we're talking about your book. And many would say, well, if you're not selling your book, was it really successful? And I personally look at it and say, well, you know, if you help one person, it's a success. But imagine what life might look like in 5, 10, 15 years because of the seeds that you're planting now. So I'm curious for you how you view success when it comes to something like this. Okay, I, I, I will certainly answer that. I want to back up a minute. And that 15 years when you left your religion of birth and and found your new way of being, 16 years, you were planting seeds. You know, that was a seed planting time. And we cannot know how long it takes to for the seed to break through. You know, we cannot know, but it was all really important, valuable time. And you made it through, so hooray. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, um, so success, it's ongoing. You know, I have... I have constantly reinvented myself. I, you know, even though I'm of an older generation, I'm of the generation where I keep changing what I do. I mean, not, not, not really, but I've had to make money. I've had to change what I do. I, I, my background is in nursing and I did tons of different kinds of nursing. I kept reinventing myself within that field. I no longer work and this is my work now, but I'm, I'm constantly reinventing myself now. I have to um, learn new skills. You know, this this setup that I have here with this microphone, I can't tell you <laughs> the learning curve that was involved with this and how many people I had to connect with to help me get the microphone in the right direction, facing the right way. I mean, it's just, it's a major learning curve. And that's, you know, everything is changing right now. We're all changing our work. We're all evolving into these new facets of ourselves. And I, I would love to share this success story with you that I'm ready on the surface. It does not feel like success. It didn't feel like success when I was going through it, but it is success. So 
So another piece of another piece of my work is that I do guided imagery with people. I'm really gifted at that. But and for those who don't know, what is guided imagery? Guided imagery is uh, is a, is a session where we do a relaxation first. That that's most important. There they're like 90 minute sessions. We do a relaxation, which can take 30, 25, 30 minutes. The more relaxed a person is, the more they can go inside. And and my my sense or the way that I intuit is body to body through Zoom. You know, I feel where the blockages are, and so I can just kind of suggest maybe breathe through that part. So so I can help people relax. That's one thing. And then we go on to a journey, whatever their issue is, you know, we, we look at that. We might travel to deep space if I've done their chart and there are some, there's, there's these 5D planets that have been discovered since 2000 and they're helping us raise our consciousness. And I, I journey, I started journeying to deep space in the, the mid nineties. Uh, there's some certain points and then since 2000 we've got these new planets so like we if there's a prominent planet in the person's chart we'll travel out there and then what what I love about it is that the person experiences a direct connection with the cosmos and they experience their own intuitive knowing I cannot tell anybody anything that they do not already know and I see my job as helping people realize that they do know and how to access that knowing. I have, you know, I plan, I plan my schedule according to the moon. That's a whole other story, but I plan according to the moon and we've just had a new moon. And so there's this, the new moon from the new to the full moon is time to really do new things, to work on new projects. And so I've had this project that I want to make guided imageries that that I can sell so people understand the work that I do because they don't really know so I want to I want to first of all I want to put a sample up on my website and secondly I want to want to sell them so so all along this week I'm planning that yesterday and today I was going to create this guided imagery about the new moon, about working with the new moon. And so yesterday it didn't happen. Today I made sure. And I get up and I was so resistant to it that I didn't start work on it until 2.30. Wow. I've just, I found other things to do. And, you know, I live by integrity and that just, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to work on it. So, so before 2.30, I took a nap and I had a telling dream that helped me understand why I was resistant to doing this. So I, I got information, you know, it's like I'm, I'm working with myself. I'm, you know, there's resistance. There's a reason for the resistance. The dream state beyond the rational mind is going to tell me, I mean, I didn't go into the nap thinking that I was going to have a dream, I went into the nap thinking I need to rest before I do this. And then I get this gift of this dream and it tells me. And so then I kind of do some processing, which I will call meditation and working with my intuition to figure out what needed to happen for me to feel safe to do this. And so I recorded it. I did it. You know, it's, 
it's nowhere near ready to put up on my website yet, but I did it. And that's success. How long it's been on my list to make this audio. And I had to learn how to get this set up, which took months. And then I had to clear my schedule to have the space to, to do. And I do, I always do them unscripted. I can't write a script that's not real or authentic, you know? So I did it. And I, so th today is a successful day, not only this podcast, but that experience. I think that's amazing. And you're right. Like that, I, I love that, de that definition of success of doing something that scares you and that pushes you out of your comfort zone and completing it imperfectly, I think yeah. is amazing because we do get caught in that um, imposter syndrome, perfectionist standard where we think, you know, I'm never going to be able to do this well. And then we don't try. And um, I, I look at, it reminds me so much of one of my assistants in my law firm who, when she first started working for me, there would be things that would sit on her desk for much longer than they should because all the things that she didn't know how to do, she would push to the side and do the things that she did know how to do. And then, you know, we would have conversations and I was like, Hey, you got to figure out how to do this. We've got to have, we've got to have these conversations. These are important too. Um, but it was just this visual reminder of me for me that the things that we're pushing aside that we'll do later because we don't know how to do them. Like how many of us are doing that with all of the important things in our life that we get to gift to the world? Absolutely. 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 And, and I'll tell you, I don't know if you work with divination cards or if anybody in your audience works with divination cards. Do you know what those are? Divination I cards? do not know what they are. I'm sure okay. somebody in my audience knows, okay. but I do not. Well, they're, they're different decks. You can look online um, for divination decks and they're different, any number of, any number of them. Um, but I have this one deck that I love. It's my favorite deck. It's my go-to deck. And I don't use, I don't go to them all the time because I like to go from inside out and not necessarily have an external validation. But after I, I had the dream and I did the processing and I did the meditation and I, I, I ask, what is this about? What is this about? And the card that came up is choice. Oh, wow. That, this is from the vintage card deck that I got on Amazon. And so what that says to me is what you just said. These are gifts we have to give to the world. And it's our choice to use them. And to me, it would be a very wasted life if I died letting my fear of using them strangle me. I can't even add to that. That's perfect. <laughs> um, Ariel, I have loved our conversation. And if you have piqued the interest of anybody listening and they say, man, I'd really like to hear more about what she has to say, what is the best way for people to connect with you? Thank you, Amber, so much. The best way is through my website, ariellwilliams.com, and they can find everything there. I have an email list. They can sign up for that. I have ways that I work with people, descriptions of that, and they can contact me by email through that website. 
I love it. No questions. We'll go ahead and put that in the show notes and make sure that everybody has access to that. Ariel, I have absolutely loved our time together. Thank you so much for making time in your day to talk to us. And um, you have certainly at least opened my eyes a little bit to things I need to be willing to accept. So thank you for that. Thank you, Amber. I'm thrilled to meet you and connect with your community. I'm very grateful. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that sounds like something that you're interested in. The name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.